0: Your dependable friend. So if you gotta in trouble, are you taking the fall? So the way you tear All you got to do is call oh, Caspa Good morning and welcome to episode one ninety-two of Effectively Wild, the Daily Podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined by Sam Miller. Uh, Sam, it is 12:04 a.m. Eastern time. Do you know where Casper Wells is? I do yeah where's Casper Wells? Chicago Yes We have a, another day and another Casper Wells transaction.
1: So um, uh, also we've learned that um, the A's paid a hundred thousand dollars to the Blue Jays for Casper Wells when they got him. So, I guess the Blue Jays made a little bit of a profit on there.
0: Yeah, do you know what the what you have to pay to claim a guy? Is it I feel like I don't know, for I, for rule 5 it's 50,000, I guess, but I don't know if it's the same for for picking a guy off waivers.
1: I um for some reason the number that is in my head is 25, and I don't know if that's uh well, okay, so 20,000 in 2009 Mm -hmm. uh so let's guess that it's somewhere around there okay uh it looks like 20,000 in 2011 as well
0: all right so that's not a bad little profit
1: so uh it seems so odd though for the a's because uh if we're to believe moneyball um the movie and the the book and the, the I guess the, the TV show is there a TV show about it yet? It's in production. Uh, the A's? Um, it like like Billy Bean has to like fly to Cleveland in order <laughs> to save seventy thousand dollars on Ricardo Rincon. Right. Uh, so it feels weird that they would just give up a hundred grand like that. I mean, think how many think how many sodas you could put in a vending machine. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, and they got five plate appearances out of it. So I don't know. Maybe they figure maybe they're going to get one hundred and six thousand out of. Uh, of the White Sox, maybe that's just how the A's roll. Yeah, so I guess
0: uh, I mean I guess it was it was Cespedes coming back that kind of that took his roster spot with the A's. So I guess uh-huh. with the White Sox, he I was looking to see if maybe they would actually keep him for a while. I don't I don't know. They have I mean Rios is this is a, a good Rios year so far, uh, and they have Deaza who is. Not doing great, but and they have Viciado who is not hitting yet. Um, I don't know whether whether he would start over one of those guys or whether it's just depth or whether he'd be a fourth guy. I don't. Uh, I guess they have also on their roster right now in the outfield. They have Jordan Danks. Maybe he's a Jordan Danks replacement. I don't know. Maybe we'll be talking about him getting DFA on tomorrow's show.
1: Yeah, maybe this is maybe Casper Wells is just like um, like Beanie Babies in the late '90s. Maybe this is a bubble market, mm-hmm. uh, Dutch tulips. Yes.
0: Well, we will continue to 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 monitor this story. Uh, what is your non-Casper Wells topic?
1: Uh, Manny Machado.
0: Okay, and I guess mine is just by default kind of Steven Strasburg.
1: Do you uh, are you paying attention to this Dodgers game at all?
0: No, I'm I'm focused completely on the podcast.
1: You weren't paying attention. It's an it, it's just an extraordinary game. Uh, before we get to our topics, it's twelve nothing in the fifth, and that's you know that's a blowout, but it doesn't quite capture just what a blowout it is. Like the the through through four innings, the Rockies also left eight men on, and have uh, as I'm watching it right now, they have a five eighty eight on base percentage for the game and. Tyler Chatwood, the pitcher, is batting. He has a chance to get his fourth hit of the game in the fifth inning. And if he gets a hit, if he gets, oh, he just grounded out. If he had gotten a hit, then Dexter Fowler would have batted five times in five innings while the Dodgers, meanwhile, have only turned the line over, lineup over once. It's an extraordinary game. And the Dodgers are one two-run homer away from having the second-worst run differential in the National League.
0: Who started... For them,
1: Ted Lilly. Ted well, Lilly.
0: I guess that makes some sense.
1: Hmm. Um. Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, do you want to go first?
0: Okay. I guess. Uh, it's just kind of a half-developed topic because it's a half-developed story. We don't really know what's wrong with Steven Strasburg, but, but all season, uh, people have kind of been saying that he doesn't look quite right. I was, I was watching him. Pitch against the Braves earlier tonight And uh, He just He didn't look quite Steven Strasburg-like The Braves announcers Were talking a lot about how he Seemed to be kind of searching For his mechanics or kind of Uncomfortable and he was Shaking his arm a lot though that's something He he always does Um, And he just He hasn't looked really Phenom-esque Yet this season Although if I mean to look at his numbers you wouldn't really nothing really stands out as as being terribly wrong. I mean he's he hasn't struck out as, as many guys as he did last season. Uh, his, his velocity is exactly the same basically he's not throwing fewer breaking balls or anything. I mean there's there's no real red flag there I guess but but after his start uh, there was some news and nationals reporters started tweeting Uh, David Johnson said that he has tightness in his forearm he is getting some sort of medication doctors are examining it Uh, it's too early to tell if his next start is in jeopardy but um, you would you would think it probably is given how cautious they've been with him in the past and it just sort of it sucks I guess Uh, I'm not usually that upset about a, a player getting injured but but this is it's disappointing uh, our, our lineup card topic that the staff is all contributing to this week is is players who we wish would have stayed healthy in their careers um, and I, I hope Strasbourg doesn't get added to that list of, of players that we wish would have stayed healthy that we wish would have seen at their full powers for, for years at a time and um, because we, we hoped and thought that this would be kind of the, the first season where he would be at full strength for an entire full season. And, and we would kind of really get to see what he could do with with the leash taken off and, and no more restrictions on his, on his workload and everything. And now a few starts into the season, uh, we have forearm issues. And I guess a lot of people, I mean, just looking at kind of the the tweets responding to those tweets, um, you know, a lot of people were immediately making jokes about how, you know, if only they had been cautious with him last season, if only they had shut him down. Um, And and I guess that will be kind of the the narrative. If this does turn out to be a, a significant injury, then I don't know, I guess it will just be one more, one more piece of evidence that, that we don't know anything about pitcher injuries and we don't know how to prevent them. Uh, and that, I I don't know, as cautious as we are and as many guidelines as we follow, we, we just can't prevent them at least with certain guys who maybe have some, some kind of, you know, mechanical precursor that that leads to injury as, as he does or as people who who know about those things or claim to know about those things say he does. Um, so I don't know, it's just a uh, it's disappointing. we talked a lot about Strasbourg last season and you know for for non-performance reasons, and I hope that we don't have to do that again this season, but now we are. Um, and and it has implications of course, for the nationals who kind of entered the season as I guess the the weakness with the Nationals entering the season was that they didn't have a good six starter, uh, which is, Kind of a ridiculous weakness Um, But they were just so strong everywhere else That it was like There was nothing to complain about Other than the fact that they didn't have More starting pitchers than they needed Um, But so now You know Maybe they will have to dip into that Depth which was A little bit shaky Um, And I I don't know that The Pocodic projection for the Nationals I thought was pessimistic And you thought was pessimistic I think um, but I don't know, maybe not, not yet, at least it hasn't been. Um, so we'll see. And of course, uh Dan Herron has has been more like, I guess, like he was last season than he was in seasons prior, or at least home run wise. uh he has given up a lot of them, so that's a concern too. um, anyway. Those are things that I am thinking about that.
1: Um, Do you know what uh, forearm tightness, like what is the, what is, what does that point to? I mean, is forearm tightness just just forearm tightness or is it like the sort of thing that shows up just before shoulder pain or, you know, sprained elbow? I
0: I think it's a, it's an elbow precursor thing. I think. I mean, I, not that this, Will definitely lead to something more serious or a more serious diagnosis, but I think that that can be a, a precursor to you know some sort of UCL thing or, or Tommy John thing. I think, I guess the first reports about that often often say something about forearm.
1: So um, so Strasburg is the is the most uh, obvious number one pick ever. Basically, I mean at the time there was nothing remotely close to a number two pick in that draft compared to him. And, uh, you know, he got the record setting bonus. And, you know, if, the, if you're ever going to take a, you know, if, if, if even the most dogmatic, no such thing as a pitching prospect person would have taken Strasbourg in that draft. And so when you were talking, I was wondering, like, whether this has any implications about, you know, like the idea that there's no, there, there truly is no safe pick and, and wondering whether the Nationals uh, would look back at this in a decade and think, "Oh, geez, we didn't we didn't get that much out of our first round pick. If you know, maybe we should have maybe we should have taken a position player." And so then I'm I'm looking at the, the draft and um, the first round, and really it's interesting because there are other guys who are somewhat successful uh, in that first round, but they're virtually all pitchers um, except for Trout, who. Uh, I don't know if the Nationals were well. I guess the Nationals wouldn't have been thinking about it, but I don't know if I don't know how many teams thought about him seriously as, as that high of a pick. I mean, he slipped to twenty to twenty five, but the Angels swore that he would have been their number two if they'd had the the number two pick. Um, but you know, the guys who have been successful from that draft seem to basically all be pitchers. It's Zach Wheeler, it's Mike Miner, uh, it's Shelby Miller. Um, and you know, there's some decent prospects still coming. I guess maybe the exception to that might be Dustin Ackley. If you believe that Dustin Ackley is any, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what Dustin Ackley is at this point mm-hmm. right now. So I don't know if anybody's going to look back in ten years and think that was a good pick either. But uh, gosh, that's not a very good draft. I guess maybe is my point. But there's a lot of uh, the, the basically the position players in that draft. Really flopped heavily too So mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess What I'm saying is that it That would not probably be the lesson that I would take from this
0: mm-hmm. Yeah uh, I don't know I mean I guess Strasburg has been Good in the He's been so good in the brief time that he has Pitched so far that maybe I don't know I wonder how far he he Is off from, from An average uh, From an average guy pick there Already just in terms I wonder, of average return
1: I wonder if uh I wonder if he got if something did like like let's say he ended up having to go back on the DL for mm-hmm. 2 months or something like that right now mm-hmm. like right now he goes on the DL I wonder if the Nationals started extension talks with him uh whether he would be receptive to that, knowing that he is an extremely high risk right now and that he might never get a payday. I mean, he's he's been paid once, so maybe the team doesn't have all that much leverage over him because he's obviously never going to be poor. Um, but, you know, right now, I mean, it seems like all you have to do is kind of just start whispering names around him and you could sort of freak him out and um make him really question what he's doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) with his life and it might be uh it would be interesting if they signed a guy who was on the dl for uh and who had never pitched 100 you know who had never pitched 160 innings in a season if if they approached him about an extension four years before he's even a free agent Mm -hmm. uh but i'm all about weird extension talks
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be an interesting one anyway um Yeah, I don't. I don't know. This doesn't. I guess, like we were talking about yesterday, with the with the Upton trade and reevaluating it, and whether it's fair to reevaluate it based on things that happened afterwards. I I would, I would guess that you feel the same way about reevaluating the the Strasburg shutdown based on, based on things that happened afterwards.
1: Yeah, yeah, I do feel the same. Okay. Um, all right, so Manny Machado, um, who incidentally, just by the way, off topic, I learned this weekend that Riley Breckenridge does an impression of you on the podcast.
0: <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know, that's out there. I would love to hear that. I just, I just thought of that while you were talking for a <laughs> long time. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Manny Machado is uh, playing like something very close to a star right now. Um, he uh, has been very hot at the plate for the last 10 games or so. He has a 119 OPS plus right now. He has the seventh best fangraphs war, the eighth best baseball reference war. He's lower on ours. He's, I think, 64th in baseball, but he's still well above average. And defensive metrics adore him third best by UZR, third best uh, at, at any position, and third best in defensive runs saved at any position. And um, he's very young, obviously. You guys all know this. He's about a month younger, a month older than Mike Trout was last year. And he's about four or five months, I think, older than Bryce Harper is now. And um, yet, there's not nearly the hype around him, unless there is, and I don't know about it. And I just wonder if you think that um, it's too early to start talking about Manny Machado as uh, like a bona fide uh like huge success story and if you have any insight into why uh he's not really lumped in with trout and harper or i guess maybe that's unfair maybe nobody should ever be lumped in with trout and harper Mm -hmm. but i guess why he's not i mean you know i i remember phil plantier getting more hype than uh manny machado seems to be getting as a pro and you know like all sorts of guys come up and have like a few good months as a 21 year old or even a 23 year old and it seems like the hype machine is is at full speed and Machado it's been kind of quiet it seems to me I guess there was a
0: fair amount of hype when he was first called up because uh, the Orioles were an interesting story and he was so young and I don't know we we talked about him at the time you you really liked that decision to call him up as I recall Um and I don't know, I guess maybe the fact that he is he's not playing shortstop has something to do with it. I, I don't like if he's if he is a third baseman long term, if they just kind of leave him there, I, I don't know whether they'll they'll move him back over when JJ Hardy leaves or or whether they'll just sort of think that he looks fine at third and, and they won't mess with him and they'll just leave him there. Um, I guess maybe that has something to do with it. If he's not like a a premium up the middle type player, um, maybe that, that makes him a little less interesting or exciting. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, he, he certainly deserves to, I don't know. I mean, I guess he, he was very hyped I feel like before this season, and I, I yeah, I guess I don't know. This season, he hasn't been. It, it kind of feels like to me too, or at least no one's, no one's freaking out about the fact that he has started pretty well. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly, there's been hype about him throughout his career. Yeah. It, it's it's this. It's what he's doing right now that seems to be a bit under the radar. And Brett Laurie, for instance, seemed like he was a lot more. Uh, in uh, kind of got a lot more attention uh, two years ago, and uh, it might just be because there was no Trout and Harper at the time mm-hmm. to set the bar impossibly high. Right. My theory, my theory is that it's that he uh, he doesn't really hit homers and he doesn't really steal bases, and he's not probably going to steal bases. He might hit homers, but he's he's not going to steal bases, and and he doesn't play shortstop and he doesn't have shortstop eligibility in fantasy. And mm-hmm. so my theory is that he this is actually. Uh, mostly the fantasy tail wagging the dog hmm. that, that he's not hyped because the average fan right now views the sport in a, in a, to a large degree, especially out of market, to a large degree based on fantasy relevance. And um, Manny Machado is kind of a fringy fantasy player. He, he's sort of the classic... I mean, I, I guess this is actually... The things that I'm saying that describe a fringy fantasy player have always described underrated players and and have been identified as things that hall of fame snubs uh excel in which Mm -hmm. is broad base of skills um not a lot of home runs but yes a lot of doubles good defense uh, particularly good defense at a position like third or second which doesn't have quite the same prestige as shortstop or center field or catcher and um he so he's not, um, yeah, maybe he's just he's he's not kind of classically sexy, he's more like real life sexy, mm-hmm. uh, and so maybe that's why it's hard for that message to get out of Baltimore, yeah.
0: And Harper and Trout are, are out there doing, doing their things, so they are
1: out there. I mean, I'll, there's probably a lot of tweets comparing Manny Machado to previous 20 year olds that just aren't being written, and there's a lot of probably baseball reference play index queries about him that aren't being queried Mm -hmm. because uh, he's the clear number three in this race. He's Mm -hmm. uh, not nearly as sexy as the other two. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, uh, he should be appreciated more.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Orioles somehow uh, make the playoffs again, um, whether he gets uh, MVP push. I mean, obviously, we don't know what he's even going to... Who knows what his stats will even look like in, in June... But whether um, whether his age kind of helps or hurts in the building of his personal narrative. Mm-hmm. OK. Anyway. All right. That'll do.
0: All right. Uh, tomorrow is email show. So please send us emails. I, I believe we could use some more emails. Uh, so email us to them at podcast at baseball dot com. And we will be back tomorrow.